Welcome to another episode of Intention is Everything. I am your host, Karen Frazier, and with me, as always, my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Cheryl. Hey, Karen, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm good. I just got back from your, your hometown. Yeah, well, close to it anyway. Um, well, we did drive through Fullerton. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah. I saw you were in Laguna Beach in yeah. Southern California, which is an amazing beachside city. Yes, and we went to Disneyland. <laughs> I was jealous at that as well. Yeah, we got to go on the brand new Star Wars ride. I think it's called like Rise of the Resistance or something, um, which was super cool. I was telling you a little bit about it off yeah. the air, but I highly recommend it. And here's something I learned really fast before we get to our guests. This is really important what I learned. When you are in your 50s, there are certain things that you need to give yourself a little break afterwards or it may trigger vertigo, including roller coasters that flip upside down. Yeah, good tip. <laughs> lesson learned. I've also learned that lesson with cartwheels and forward rolls. <laughs> <laughs> cartwheels? <laughs> give me a break. I turned 80 in May. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> I feel like I've probably done my last cartwheel. So... Um, <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Our guest today is um, Nancy, Nancy, let's try that again. It is Nancy Northrup Zinski. No. Yes. Uh, when you Drudinsky. say Nancy Northrup five times fast, it's like a tongue twister. Yeah, it could be. Double N's at five for money. So <laughs> I stuck with that. Uh, and <laughs> Nancy, numerology. Yes. And Nancy is the author of pennies from heaven really a widow shares her true story and then there's a follow-up um and yep. a, a widow shares more of her true story is i don't have the yep. follow-up one up here with me so very yes, it's cool called, it's called more pennies from heaven because i had 10 more episodes and after um, i got a note from dear abby saying she deals with that phenomenon and good luck with books number two i thought well i'll just write book number two so that's where it came from. Well, good for you. So um, I, I enjoyed reading them. And, you know, I will tell you really fast, I've had my own experiences, although it hasn't been pennies. So um, I'm, a, I'm a psychic medium, and sometimes I have spirits who try really hard to get my attention. And um, uh -huh. I tend to, when I'm going about my daily life, not pay attention because I've got stuff to do. And so they have to try harder. And so I yeah. had about, about three years ago, I had um, weird things start appearing in my house. Crystals, um, like this pendant that I'd never seen before that didn't belong to anybody, a bracelet, and a few other things. And then I started yeah, having... Go. And then I started having dreams about one of my old friends, like we were friends in when I was in my 20s. So this was uh -huh. 30 years ago, but we're still in touch. I started having dreams about her husband who had died within the last six months. And so I contacted yeah. her and I said, I think he's trying to get in touch with you. And here's what's happening. And she had been receiving all sorts of little weird things around her house too, like jewelry and crosses and things like that. So anyway, that's our story. And we're going to let you share yours. So why don't we start with, so your husband passed away. And when was that? How long ago has that been? That was, it's uh, going to be 11 years next month. All right, and and I and I had no family, and um, there I had nobody at all, and yeah. we never had children, so I was on my own, and uh, I had written children's books because I I never had children, but we always used children on the farm. We were farmers; we raised vegetables, so I just was tuned into children. And my first book was Connie the Three-Legged Turtle because my sister was born in 1935, special. And, of course, back then they put him away, right away. So she lived to be 65 and came to me in a dream. And she said, Nancy, I never minded being this way. You write a book about me, but make sure my my picture's in it. So one of my first books that Guidepost published was Connie the Three-Legged Turtle in honor of her. So from then on, I just was open to anything that came through to me, no matter what it looked like. And so that's why I'm excited at this point in my life that I'm still getting pennies or ideas or, or you name it, because it tells me that there's people in heaven checking on me. And I like that. Well, and what a lovely way to honor both your sister's memory and your husband's memory as well by, by sharing inspiration with other people. Yes. So 
I, and I, I have to tell you one more thing. My dad, when he passed, used to call me on the phone, just ring once, about 3 in the morning, never had a word or anything. And um, two weeks ago, on seven minutes past 6 in the morning, the phone rings, not a word said, and I get the thought, you've forgotten about Connie. And I thought, what does that mean? And I'm reading again for little children in daycare centers, and I had read for them October, November, December, and I didn't have a subject to read for January. So when Daddy, when I got the thought from him, you forgetting your sister, I went last week and read to them Connie the Three-Legged Turtle. So you see, you never know what's coming to you unless you think about it. And and I think about it, and I douse it, too. I mentioned I belong to the dowsers, and I douse everything if it's in my highest and best interest should I do it. So, Wow, that's great. So why don't you go ahead and so let's start with um, a, a couple of your Penny's story and when and how you realized that these were messages from your husband. Okay, here's the best one, and it's in, in the first book. And when, when my husband died, we had a, a big farm in Connecticut, in North Carolina. We had moved here because we liked the um, sound of the mountains and what have you. So I um, moved to this big farm, and uh, I hired a young man who was um, a country boy to help with the you know tractor work and what have you. And he was sitting in the house on the hill, and this is episode number five. And um, he was watching TV, and he was in his 40s, and um, he heard a clunk while he was watching TV, and he looked around the room, and he found a penny next to the cross I had given him that was my husband's. And the cross was hanging over a picture frame in the bedroom, across in the bureau across the room. So he believed in me, but he was kind of scared to death. So the next day, this young man went out to plow. Um, it was snowy. So he went out to uh, clean the snow in front of the barn door and shovel a pathway to get into the barn. And he found a penny on the ground and on top of the snow. So he now believed that he was, you know, that my husband was looking out for him. So that was kind of exciting because he was definitely not a believer. But when he got his very own penny, then he thought, well, I guess that's true. Maybe, maybe that's happening. And then later on, I had a penny moment with the neighbor across the street. She um, had a car and a truck and a motorcycle. So we met at the mailbox one day and chit-chatted about this and that. And I told her I was writing, you know, pennies from heaven. She said, oh, that's nice. But she went up and got her motorcycle out of the garage and brought it down the hill and put it by the kickstand and went up to get her helmet out of the garage. And when she came back down, there was a penny right by her um motorcycle and she looked at me and she said my my dad always called me his biker chick so now I guess he knows I still have the motorcycle so those were two really perfectly strange people that got the wonderful penny moments so that's what got me to think I can write this about people and maybe they'll pay attention but I'll tell you the truth right now uh, when I first published this in 2013 I live here in South North Carolina where we have a lot of wonderful Baptist people. So I didn't really want to talk about pennies from heaven because, you know, the movie Ghost was kind of silly, and I didn't think anyone would listen to me. So I did most of my sales through a website. But last year, Marion, North Carolina, had a big Bigfoot festival, and they had another one this past fall. So I thought to myself, if they could love a hairy animal coming out of the woods, I can certainly talk about heaven and pennies coming from it. That's so. right. <laughs> so that's why I'm. That's why I did the more pennies from heaven. And then one other one other thing I want to share is I did a radio talk show with a gentleman called Timothy G. Green Beckley, and he mm-hmm. explores the bizarre has for years out of New York, and he's UFO and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he asked me to be on a radio show a couple of years ago, and I wrote him this past July, could I use our time together in my next book? So he sent me a note back saying, absolutely. So um, he he wanted to uh, explore the difference between, um, he was, look. this is what he said, he was looking, exploring the bazaar, to be that he wanted his ho- he and his co-host 
we're looking to do a program specifically on the idea that there is a hereafter and that the dead can communicate under the right conditions. So that's why I put that in the, the, the new book, because he was, a, you know, definitely dealt with the phenomenon his whole life. So if he was a believer, I thought, I've got Dear Abby on the West Coast and I've got Timothy on the East Coast, so I'm going to go for the book in the middle of the country. So here I am in North Carolina selling pennies for heaven. So that's why I'm I'm so excited to get you in Washington State to be interested too. <laughs> and Cheryl's in Tennessee. Oh, even better. See, there we go. We're hitting every every area. <laughs> So I have a question. I know I know you'll you'll tell us more more um, stories about you know discovering the pennies and whatnot. But before we we continue with that, why do you think it's pennies that are that are left to catch the attention of because family my husband or friends? The, my husband the dear farmer had a big old wine bottle that he put pennies in, and I mean lots of pennies in a big bottle. So when he passed, I had this big bottle with pennies in it that I didn't know what to do with. So I thought, well, I've got to keep it because he must have loved pennies. Mm. So that's why. And some of them are the uh, current dates that I'm finding them between 2013 and now. And then some of them are just old pennies. So that's why I put made it pennies from heaven because he was a collector of pennies. Ah, interesting. And, uh, okay. And I told my friends that if when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to uh, upgrade and send dimes down. And they said, no. <laughs> if you can send me a hundred dollar, hundred dollar bill. I know. Yeah. At first I said nickels, but one of my friends said nickels are too heavy. That wouldn't work. You got to go to dimes. So I think I'll stay with pennies because it meant something to me. <laughs> so because I've heard of people finding things like feathers or or pebbles or rocks or you, you know, um, something small like that, where it seemed to not be random. And so I'm just well, wondering, here's, is it here's specific? Here's a perfect example, and, I, and yeah. I haven't written it yet, because it just happened Christmas, this Christmas. I, I have a desk in my den that I put a, a, a runner on, and then a nativity scene, you know, with the stable and everything. And so I take it down the mor- Christmas morning, because it's done its job, Christmas Eve. So I'm taking, I lifted up the the nativity scene and then I took off the runner from the desk and there was a penny on the desk and it wasn't there when I placed the nativity scene mm-hmm. so that was my husband wishing me a Merry Christmas oh I love, I love that oh. yeah. I do I, I I cried a lot because that was I mean that was there was no way there was a penny because I made sure that desk was neat and clean so the the you know the runner would go smooth on it so sure. there was no penny there when I first, and there wasn't a penny in the nativity scene either because it, you know, it was open. It was, right. a, you know, a little, yeah. So if I do buck number three, that will be one of them, but I don't know if I'll do, cool. I may do more. It depends how many pennies I get. Yeah, that's right. Just, get enough to buy yourself a book. <laughs> yeah, right. But being down here, I just have to make sure there are so many sad people today that don't have to be. If you can smell the cigar smoke of your grandpa or the baked pie or peach cobblers from your grandma, just let people know that that you're you have someone in heaven watching over you. How how good is that? I think that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Really. uh, Here's what I want to ask: Is okay? Just just what you said right now. How how many times do we, each individual, have something happen, but we just disregard because maybe we think, well, it's it's nothing or it's my imagination. It's our, yeah, it's a coincidence. I would I would say I would say every other day something happens. Mm-hmm. You see a number. You you hear someone laugh. There's there's always something that jiggles. I that sounds familiar or that mm-hmm. person looks like I know them. There's always something that jogs your memory, but we're too busy running yeah. to the store, running to the bank on the, on the cell phones. I am ballistic to see a mother walking in a supermarket holding that iPad or whatever you call it. And little kids walking loose behind her. She mm-hmm. could be showing them that's a, that's a, a air of corn or that's a cabbage or that's a watermelon. So we don't, we're not paying attention to what's being given to us. We're too busy 
mouthing off in this telephone thing. Not this one, but you know what I, I'm saying. No, I, I think you're exactly right. And as a matter of fact, I just said that to my husband when we were on our trip last week, is that here we are in this incredibly beautiful place. And people are walking around with their heads buried in their cell phones. Yeah, not 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 true, not fair. Now, you, if you want to live a spiritual life and say, God, you know, you don't have to pray all the time. You just can say thank you for giving me a sign that that my husband's up there, or my dad, or or even my sister. You know, there's a lot of people up there. Even though I didn't have kids, Richie was the youngest of thirteen. Um, wow. There's yeah, and and they didn't acknowledge us at all. They just wanted the the farm in Connecticut when he passed. I didn't hear a word from them, but that was okay because I knew they were out for that, but they didn't get it. But the point is, <laughs> I, I don't have any relatives left, but I don't need them because I have my sister and my dad and, and, and my friends up in heaven. So what's better than that? Yeah, I agree with you. My my dad died about two years ago. And um, it took a lot for me to believe, even though I'm a psychic medium, it took a lot for me to, to trust and believe he was communicating with me because I, I felt like it was wishful thinking. And, yeah. um, and so it actually took another psychic medium to say, you know, <laughs> your dad's been communicating with you. What you're hearing is real. So, and do you ever wake up between three and five in the morning? Because that's the spirit time for them up there. I mean, always. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I just assumed it was because I was a sucky sleeper, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't believe in psychics until I went to the first one because my husband did. And I went to the first one 40 years ago and I said, no, oh, I'm Episcopalian. What do I know? And so he said, well, just try this, honey. So I went and the first thing he said was, don't worry about the lady who has a bad foot. She'll never be happy, which was my mother. She had to have a leg amputated. The little child is happy the way she is. Don't everyone worry about her. That was my sister, Connie. And then he said, and why do you keep marrying foul-mouthed men? And I had two husbands that I picked so I wouldn't be like my mommy wanted me to be, a biker and a, and a divorcee. And they said, why do you keep buying, ma marrying men with um, foul mouths? So um, I said to Richie, how does he know all that stuff? And he said, because he's psychic. And I thought, boy, it was three, three strikes and I was out there. I was a believer. And well, we good for you for being open-minded mm -hmm. enough to, to actually believe. Well, how could I? How, I mean, he talked about my mother. He talked about, you know, the two foul-mouthed husbands. And then when he mentioned, uh, oh, here's the one, the winner. He said, and, and Miss, you'll never have any children, but don't worry about it because you'll have so many children, you won't know what to do with them. So I had, was a farmer's wife. We had 20 kids working corn and pumpkins season-wise. I became a Head Start teacher's assistant. So there's children at 6 a.m. from ages, you know, three to five. And then um, I worked for the Guardian Ad Litem program with children that are I used. was a Guardian Ad Litem, too. Yes, I know. I, I, I saw, oh, you that. saw that. And, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I loved it. But down here, um, I would prove my case because there was no way I would let a child be stay at home abused. Right. And the, the DSS worker said, well, I'll lose my job if I don't send this child back home. And I said, I don't give up if you lose your job. That child is not staying in that home. And so when the second DSS worker said the same thing, my husband said, honey, you're fighting City Hall. Mm -hmm. So I had to walk away from that after 10 years. But it just killed me to think those little children we're being, you know, abused. So. I'm right there with you. I know. Good for you. That's that's hard work. That very hard work. work is 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 it's it's hard on your spirit. Yeah, and yeah. of course, being a writer, I wrote terrific reports, and the judge said, "How do you have all your statistics in order?" I said, "Because I'm a writer." He said, "Boy, mm -hmm. you're you're really good at it." Because I talked to the teachers, I talked to the the priests, you know, the ministers. I talked to everybody about that family, and then I could drop in on the family at yeah. different times to see. And that was the winner because that, that was the best part. Yeah. Because um, I said to one little girl, I love your, it was 9 o'clock Friday night. I said, I love your pajamas. You have little duckies on them. And I said, what kind of pajamas does daddy wear? And he was standing in the corner. She said, oh, he doesn't wear any. <laughs> 
So I took a little gun, oh. kind of a thing out of my pocket, and you know, shot him in the foot. But uh, that was the one I won. The ch- the child is now living with an uncle and aunt in, in Charlotte. So that was a a good thing. Oh, but, good. Yeah, it's it's a sad it's a sad world right now, and I'm so glad I I, I found you, and you found me because. The more and and I'm doing a mailing that Timothy Beckley gave me a, a 2,000 people uh, mailing list, and I'm sending out flyers about my two new books. You know, my, more from more pennies than the regular one. Mm-hmm. So can I mention when I send flyers to the state of Washington and everywhere else that that I that I talked with you on on the the um, show? Of course, I don't know that it'll do you any good, but you're welcome to mention it. <laughs> Well, and I also want to say one more thing because I've okay. been known to talk too much. Um, my books You're are, doing are fine. going to be my books are special, so you can get them from my LNR publications and at my cost, which is four dollars for the new one and eight dollars for the other, and you can get them through LNR publications. Don't go through guideposts because they they'll cost you a lot, and I won't charge postage. So I'm gonna okay. I put that in my flyer too. I'll send you a copy of the flyer then. I'm in the middle of sending out. So. Sounds good to me. So do you want to talk about dowsing? Talk about what? Dowsing. Dowsing. Oh, yes, dowsing. Um, we we were farmers, and we had to check on the land to see if it was going to be healthy, if the seed was going to be worthwhile. So my husband got the idea, let's go see the American Society of Dowsers in Danville, Vermont. Well, when we got up there, everybody was twirling around a crystal on a string, and, and we just didn't understand. But then we went to seminar after seminar and realized that you could ask spirit by using a dowser. It could be a penny on a string. It could be a nice crystal. It could be a gem or anything. And I do this on a daily basis. And you have to say, if this is in my highest and best interest, bring it to me. And then you douse. And my, my pendulum, if it's a yes, it starts real still. You hold it in your two fingers, your thumb and your first finger, and you hold it six inches from a piece of paper, and you hold it still, and you say, if this is in my highest and best interest, please show me. And a circular movement is a yes. If your pendulum stays quiet and doesn't go anywhere or goes left and right, it's a no. So I had this one young man who keeps in touch with me. He worked for me on the farm since he was 13. He's now 46, and he called me today about changing jobs because he has an opportunity. And I said, Scotty, did you douse it? He said, yes, I did. And I said, so what did it say? He said, to go for the job. So even at age 13 and now he's 46, he's still doing the dowsing part, which is what spirit is telling you are open to get this or you're not open to get it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I could have doused my first two husbands because I would have gotten a no. <laughs> I, probably, I probably should have doused my first two husbands as well. Oh, I love it. Well, see, my dad was a, my dad was a dental surgeon in New York City. He pulled the baby teeth of Carolyn and John John Kennedy. We wow. had a maid. We Whoa. had the whole nine yards. Mother wanted me to be a debutante. I wasn't about to be. I was going to be me. So, of course, my first husband was a biker, <laughs> and I didn't know it, but he kept his biker chip on, biker chip, chick on the side, so I kicked him to the curb after five years. And then the second was a nice guy. We were paying 500 a month for his two kids, and then after we got married, he said, well, I can only give you a dollar a day allowance. And I said, well, what is that? I'm working two jobs already. You can't give me? So I stayed with him 11 years, but... Um, finally, um, my father, who was just my best friend, he said to me at one point in my life, he said, Nancy, do you think you could marry a gentleman that would not have dirt in his fingernails? Because daddy's hands were insured by Lloyd's of London, of course, because he was a dentist. And I said, daddy, I'll definitely try. Well, we got married secretly October 12th and daddy passed November 2nd. So he never did know. Well, he knows now that my farmer husband definitely has dirt in his fingernails, but oh. that's okay. We were married 30 years, and it was the best oh. thing ever because I, it's a whole new life. You're working with spirits and, and energy, and, and uh, he, he brought up a 50-pound bag. When I first met him, we had a three, he had a three-story farmhouse, and he brought in a 50-pound bag of corn in the kitchen. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm bringing the seed in the house. I said, Why? 
He said, Nance, you pray on it. I said, what do you pray on it for? He said, you pray on good crops. You pray on good seed. You pray on good weather. You pray on good customers. And just because you pray to God for everything to work out right. And I thought, wow, I never had a husband that prayed. So I thought, how great is that? And so it changed my whole life. I don't care what religion you are. As long as you talk to God, you're going to get an answer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, totally. So... What did aside from dowsing, did yeah. you have any other spiritual practices that you and your husband practiced together? Uh, we went, we had a home in Casadega, Florida, which is a spiritualist center of the south, and we went to all the um meetings down there. And we, um, every day, we would you know go outside and talk to God, and and um, we would just pray and we didn't do anything more than um we went to seminars to find out you know what was the right way to do things like we went to the dowsers and what have you and whenever mm-hmm. they had psychic readings we always had a psychic reading from somebody when we were in Casadega. we were there pretty much from thanksgiving to february and that that was a pretty neat place to be in fact i wish i'd stayed there <laughs> i had a house down there after he passed you know because yeah. they were very open and tuned in to us being you know, we worked the we worked the land, and that's good. And then dowsing was important because you remember all the crop circles. We yep. read every book there was on a crop circle. We never had any in our land, but my husband decided I'm going to plow my cornfields in a circle so I don't lose any energy by having them go back and forth between the woods. They'll be in a circle. So he learned that from um, the the the, the um, crop circles. So we had one, we were one of the best farmers in Connecticut because our stuff always tasted good. And that's because we contain, contained the energy in a circle. So I think we just, we just, we just listened to whatever was around us. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So d- being in a religious community, um, did you get any pushback from, for instance, going to psychics or going to using dowsing as a, divination tool did you get any when we when we were in connecticut it was absolutely wonderful everybody loved it when we came down here we couldn't tell anybody what we were Mm because they looked at us cross-eyed and even now one of my friends that is in the the more pennies from book she didn't know anything about my pennies book until i gave her a copy of it we went out to eat every other uh, month at a local restaurant and i was had the books on the table and because uh, she, um, we went, we're going to eat. It's, it's an episode in there. We were going to eat one day and we walked to the restaurant. And she said, oh, I found a penny. So I thought, oh boy, wait till I tell her this. And um, <laughs> so we go inside and the waitress sees the two penny books on the table. She said, I get pennies all the time. So now my friend is really confused because um, she just didn't believe in this. So the next day she calls me. She said, guess what? My husband and I went out to the Cracker Barrel yesterday and um, or, yeah, two days later after we had lunch. And she said, I found a penny in the driveway, in the parking lot. And I said, did you ask your mother or anyone to give you a sign? She said, well, I did kind of pray more to Mama the night before. And I said, well, that's nice. So then last week, now this is a couple of months later, she called me. Well, she checks in me once a week because I'm, I'm all by myself. And she said, Nancy, you'll never guess what happened. My husband found a penny in his slippers that were in the living room. Oh. In this slipper. Oh, interesting. So here's this little Baptist gal and her husband that are finding these pennies. So whether or not they're true blue like I am, that's not the point. They're opening up to the fact that heaven is, is there. Talk to it. Talk to God. Talk to whoever you want because they're just waiting to reach out. Do you know how many people need to be um, reassured that their life is good? And, and, and it's just every day you meet somebody mm-hmm. that's sad and downtrodden. And I smile at people and they look at me cross-eyed. But I don't care. I just smile at everyone because why can't you smile at Why do you have to look so downtrodden and unhappy you you must know that in a supermarket they're all i smile at everybody all the time all the time absolutely (laughs) yeah 
they think I'm nuts, but that's okay. I know I'm not. I know that I have God on my my And even the dogs. I have two dogs here. And here's one more thing, and then I'll kind of be quiet. Kind of. Well, um, you're the guest. You don't have to be quiet. You, okay. You, you <laughs> can stay here and listen to you talk for the whole hour if okay. you want. We're good. <laughs> um, when I first moved here, I left the farm because my husband said, don't stay here. People will, you know, try to steal things. So I came to a little house in a nice neighborhood, and I always said my the Lord's Prayer quietly, you know, our father and whatever. So finally I said, I'm here with two dogs, two labs, mother and a daughter, big, big dogs. And I said, why don't I pray out loud? So I, I'm in the den, and they're in the front room looking out the window. So I start, our Father, who art in heaven, out loud. Hallow be there, blah, 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 blah. And just about the time I'm ready to say amen, they came in, sat beside me, and when I said amen, they both nudged me and went back in the, into the front room. Aww. So now I, I now I pray out loud, and who walks in next to me but the two dogs. So that's a really good thing. <laughs> they like the energy of it. They definitely, definitely. And you know how how great is that to have a dog sit next to you and and you, you look at him and he looks at you as if to say, I know what you're thinking. You know, I've been a bad dog or I've been a good dog, but. That's not the point. The point is I'm I'm just trying to make everyone feel joyful because I've gotten a lot of awards for volunteering here and hospice and, you know, Garden Ed Lightham and American Red Cross. I'm a third generation Red Cross worker. And there's so many people that aren't happy and I just I don't want that to happen anymore. So that's why I came out and publicized this more penny from Kevin because there's too many everyone it's not happy out there and you must know it because you have all these wonderful readings and stuff and and um it's just it's time for the change that's all there is to it i agree maybe i'm like whoopi maybe i like whoopi goldberg it took me a long time to realize that it really can happen but uh, as long as i keep getting the word out so i have a 2000 piece mailing going across the country saying that thanks to timothy beckley um you know, giving me the list. He's the one that he wrote a six-page article about me, and and the fact that you know I was the one that um, believed that there was a connection, and I worked with it. So that that's when you get some perfect stranger to say, you know, hey Nance, I think you got a good idea there. Just like you contacting me, I thought, wow, California, that's the state next to Washington. You know, I just didn't even. I thought of Washington as Washington D.C. Which I don't care. Yeah, about most right now. people, most people do. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Yeah. So I thought, boy, Washington State apples and Washington State red, red cherries, and you know, that's that's a great place to be. So I am really honored that you, you know, you saw fit to to listen to me because I just have so much to say and want to make people feel better. You know. Well, I yeah, that. I'm, you're a light worker, is what you are. Yeah. You're, you're, Go ahead, Cheryl. Well, I was just saying, we, we need more people like you, Nancy. That's for sure. Well, I, I hope to change. Just like little children, I, I go to this daycare, and they're, they're, um, there's maybe 19 of them, and I started reading for them in October, and I went like an, I went as an owl, and then uh, November I brought some pilgrim stuff, and December I was a um, – December I went as a elf, and then I went Martha, Martin Luther King Day, so I had some coloring pages, and I told everyone we came over on a boat. Everyone did. Some of us were green and black and blue and, and white and yellow, and, and I said, but we were all the same kind. And there was one gentleman who, who really wanted to make a difference, and I gave him coloring pages to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. And then I read my Connie the Three-Legged Turtle book because I had forgotten about that one. But the mm-hmm. next time I go, since the second visit, they say, hi, Miss Nancy. And, you know, three little kids saying, hi, Miss Nancy, how did they know me? You know what I'm saying? I don't have my name on a T-shirt or anything. So that's the, right there. I've won. I've won three kids. And each time I go, there's another child that says, hi, Miss Nancy. You know how great that is? It is. Yep. It's really great. And you have, as predicted, lots and lots and lots of children. I, I do. I really do. And and just to smile at them as you're in the supermarket, you know, especially little babies. If your mother's carry, if the mother's carrying a little baby and he's looking over her shoulder, back away from her, and you smile, 
he'll he'll turn and go close to his mother. But then the next time you look, he's looking around the corner at you again. <laughs> of course. Isn't that perfect? I mean, see, you've made it a difference. He's, he wants to see that smile again. And then the, when he does that, he doesn't make a big smile, but at least you can tell from his eyes that he's acknowledging that you looked at him. Right. So that, so, that right there is a, an experiment that every person should do with a little child. Yes. It's just because it, the mother's not doing them. She's got them slung over the shirt, her shoulder like a sack of potatoes, and that's not so very good either. But well, so I to say what what made you this way? I'll tell you what made me this way. My sister was put away, and she was born five years younger than I was. So it was a Thanksgiving dinner. I was thirteen years old, and we brought Connie home from the institution. And it was just my grandma and grandpa, and another grandma, and mommy and daddy, and Connie and I and the maid. And so we're at the tiny room table, and Daddy said. I guess Connie had left to go to the bathroom or something. And Daddy says, I don't know why God gave us Connie. She's not worth anything. And I thought, wait a minute. That's my sister. She has to be worth something. Mm -hmm. So from that day on, I wanted to make sure that everyone was worth something. So I really, everyone I met except the two husbands, which I didn't learn the house. I didn't know how to say no. But aside from that, I tried to make, I tried to understand what made everyone tick. And I not always got it right, but I, I, um, I tried. And after I left my second husband, I met the farmer. And it scared me because it was so intense, the connection we had. I mean, it was like we were soulmates. And I had to leave because I, I just didn't, couldn't make another mistake. So I traveled out west to Oklahoma, Florida, and um, Oklahoma, Florida, and well, some other state out there with a group of people that were taking down old-fashioned printing presses. So the man that I was with got a phone call in Oklahoma that his ex-father-in-law had a heart attack. So he had to leave and go back there. And so I'm stuck in Oklahoma, and the crowd goes on to the next job in Miami to take down the Miami Herald printing press. So I'm by myself, and I had been qualified as a nurse's aide. So I got a little place to live, and I worked in a nursing home. So I'm there by myself in a little place, but I, I love nursing home care because you can make a difference. So one day they said, instead of working 7 to 3, would you work 3 to 11? I said, sure, no problem. So I go in, and I'm on another floor I'd never been before. And so I walk in into this different room, and I walk in this one room, and there's a fairly tall gentleman sitting in a wheelchair with gray hair. And I said, good afternoon, sir. I'm going to be your, your little nurse's aide for today. And I walk in front of him, and it's exactly like my husband, farmer in Connecticut. And I look at him, and I said, what is your name? And he gives me some obscure name. And I said, well, I'm glad to be with you, and I'll be here today and tonight. So when I got off duty the next morning, I called my husband, Richie, and said, can I come back home? He says, where the hell are you? And I said, I'm in Oklahoma. He said, what are you doing there? And I said, I don't know. Can I come home and be your friend? He said, of course you can come home and be my friend. So I came home by bus and, and uh, I, he, I moved in he, in this 13 room farmhouse, you know, to, he said, don't take an apartment, just come here. And so that was, uh, that was the beginning of the end, and, and uh, I helped him in the cornfields, and, and he said, you know what? You're like a bumblebee. The noise is really distracting, but when you're not here, I miss the buzz. Would you marry me? Oh, that was, oh my That gosh. was in October 12, 1980, and we had a wonderful life. We were, I was a Taurus. He was an Aries. We were totally opposite, but it worked to our advantage because we would discuss everything. I wrote articles for Angels on Earth and um, different magazines and because I was so excited when spirit would come through to me, you know, because I could, I could, I could talk a good storm and I could write a good story. So that's what I did. But to have him in my life changed me all over the place because I knew now that, that God was watching over me and watching over both of us. And when he got sick, um, it was devastating because he'd never been sick a day in his life. And so he had prostate cancer, colon cancer, and then he had surgery. And then when he came out, he kept falling. And I had been a nurse's aide, and I said, wait a minute, that shouldn't happen with the surgeries you've had. 
So we went back into the VA, and he had some abscess on his aorta valve, and, and they could rewire him. And I said, he's 84 years old. He's not going to be rewired. He's going to stay home. So it was only two weeks before he passed. And oh, uh, he would that. not have survived in a, he would not have survived in a, in a nursing home. But anyway, um, it was devastating at first because financially and physically and, you know, all of a sudden, bingo, I'm by myself. But then things started to happen. And so here I am, you know, living happily ever after. And uh, just knowing that, that I'm doing the right thing. And if people like my stories, fine. And if they don't, look what they're missing. They could be smelling a, a, a freshly cooked pie or a cigar or something. And here's one more thing, and then I'll be quiet. The lady who used to deliver my mail was a sweet thing, and she had a, a special needs child that was quite crippled, but he was in high school. And he passed away suddenly, and she was just devastated. And I said, well, look for, look for something that he may leave behind for you. And she said, no, I don't believe in that. I said, well, look, just look around the house. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just be open to have your son come through to you at some point. So she kept delivering the, the, the uh, mail, you know, months after the fact. So one day I, we happened to meet by the mailbox, and she said, don't ever guess what I found down in the basement. I said, what? She said, well, I always kept my son's, one of his ball caps on the uh, hanger where you go outside the door. And she says, now it's on the steps as I come down to the cellar. And I said, it was. How do you think that happened? And she looked at me like, you know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play funny with me. She said he was here to say hello. And so, you know, there was one person who now knew that her son was still in the basement. How great is that? Yeah. It just, yeah. It's just, uh, it, when I meet someone like you guys and, and I can share this stuff, I'm just so excited because you'll pass the word along that it, there is life after death. And, and, yeah. and we can bring it to you through a psychic reading or wh however you want it. Or you could become a reader or, or, you know, Richie said, you should be a reader. I said, no, I just want to experience and share it with everybody in my books because that's, you know, if I was a reader, I'd never give a person a chance to say anything like I am right now. <laughs> That's okay, though. I mean, people, people, when they have readings, want you to do all the talking. So yeah, it's they good. Do. They, yeah, yeah, they really do. And uh, I haven't had a word come through of my first two husbands, but I think they don't dare step in my way <laughs> because that was such a... Um, I was dumb. You know, I was, I went to college for two years and was supposed to come out and get happily married and have a bunch of children. And it didn't, didn't happen. So then I had to, uh, after the second divorce, I said, okay, God, let's, let's change this whole program and see what I can do better. And that's when I moved to Connecticut and, uh, you know, ran into him and he was, I, he was at a dance and I, we looked across the dance ring floor and he was really tall and I'm really short and our eyes just hit each other. And I said, that's the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life with on the porch overlooking mountains. And I was living in Connecticut. We were at a Howard Johnson's dancing place. And he came over and asked me to dance, and we started dating and what have you. And, of course, then I ran away to Oklahoma. But when I came back in um, 1996, we left Connecticut just before 9-11, and we moved down here. And uh, sure enough, we bought a farm with a, with a house on the hill with a porch, and we out overlooked the mountains. And the first week we were moving into this farm, a big rainbow came over the barn right to the little house on the hill. And I said, Richie, look at this. He said, well, we knew we had the right thing. <sighs> so it was each color must have been about 10 feet in diameter. It was awesome. He was fixing the roof, and he nearly fell off when he saw this, this uh, you know, rainbow coming over his head. But, you know, it just there's so much out there if you just stop and look at it. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know how it is. Yes, yeah. I do. So has he communicated with you in other ways as well, or the penny is kind of the main way that he, he gets in touch? Um the penny is is kind of the way he was very shy, uh, but you know he was a fifty four year old bachelor, never got married, so I really had to chase him for two years. So he was really <laughs> a tough a tough nut to crack. But even even while we were um, 
uh, even while we were married, I was more, he was the worker, I was the, more the mouse. And, and I'll tell you this one thing, I delivered corn one night to a wholesaler in Hartford, Connecticut, and um, I had, I took a kid with me, and I had 100 bags, and, and we were offloading, and then I go in to have the slip sign, and the gentleman there had uh, 100 bags of corn at $7 a bag, and he had crossed out the $7 and put 6 so I said, excuse me, sir, you've just altered a legal document. This is this was contracted for $7 a bag. He said, well, I can't afford that now. I said, well, we'll have to see about that because this is a legal document you just, just uh, altered. So when I got home about 2 in the morning, my husband said, what the hell do you do in Hartford? I said, look at the, look at what he did. He canceled out this, this whole paper. You're losing a dollar a bag. And uh, you can't afford that. You're, we're farmers. You know, some days we make it and some days we don't. He said, well, he told me never to send you to the market again. <laughs> I said, well, you tough, tough you know what. I'm going to go to the market and, and, you know, make sure that they know what they're doing because it's not fair. And so I was the mouse and he was the worker, I guess. But we were a good team. And uh, we did do an article in um, Angels on Earth about – we read a lot when we get to Florida, and we try to read all different subjects from um, crop circles to storms to, you know, just you name it, mostly intuitive stuff. And so the, the checkout boy said, well, what do you have this time? And I said, I think we'll study angels. I want to read more about them. So he said, I think I'll have my girlfriend start doing that too. So it was published in, a, in Angels on Earth uh, Guidepost magazine a couple of years ago. And... Um, it's just exciting to realize that today, now I published the first book in 2013, and here we are this long ago, no one really knew about it or cared about it, and I decided to speak up about it, and now it's coming out that it's okay to talk about the phenomenon, because it's happening to more people, even for Dear Abby to say, you know, I deal with that all the time. I nearly fell off my desk when she sent me that letter. Because that was Dear Abby, you know, that has to be, you know, mm-hmm. just a moan and groan column for, oh, my husband thinks I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> and so for her to be, you know, intuitive phenomenon-wise, that was special. And then when Mr. Beckley wrote the article about me, that was, you know, I mean, even though he's a UFO critic or, or bizarre person, he's been doing it for years, so he must be doing something right. And yeah. So then here you here you are, and that's even frosting on the cake. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, I've never been called frosting before. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, I'd be interested in hearing, since you've read so much about crop circles, what your take is on them. We think it really happened. We think there were a lot of. We read every book there was, especially from England, because mm-hmm. you know they had Stonehenge and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was very. That was very uh, iffy. But we think it was spoiled by some of the people doing fake ones. Mm -hmm. But when we started working our fields in a circle and we saw the kind of product we were getting, I mean, corn cobs that were huge and and, and, um, that the energy flow was, was there. And we think that there is life out there. And we think that they came to do crop circles to show our country, you know, wake up, we're here. You know, why don't you work with the energy more than you are? So, um, unfortunately, it went by the wayside. But we read every book there was, and we changed the way we planted our crops, our crops to to benefit by the, the flow. And, and my husband wanted to learn about magnetism and, and all that kind of good stuff. And so we just read books on magnetism and crop circles and anything that had to do with with nature because um, it's there and everybody just walks by it. And what my first book was about a, a, a little elf that came. We were in the cornfield. We had put plastic over the corn so it would grow faster. So we were pulling the plastic off because it was had reached the top of the the, the plastic um, covers. And um, there started, there was a, a woods all around our cornfields. And I, Richie, I said, there's something coming out of the woods. He said, what are you talking about? I said, there's a, there's a whirlwind coming. And he said, don't hand me that. So I said, look, look. And sure enough, it was a whirlwind, you know, just a little whirlwind. And it came right to our feet. So he said, Jesus Christ, what the heck? And I said, who are you? What do you, what do you want? 
And I didn't get an answer until I went into the house that night. And I'm thinking on it because why would a whirlwind come to our feet? And so it said to me in the middle of the night, my name is Lucas and I'm a spirit helper and I've been trying to get to see you guys for years. So my first book was called Lucas and Company. And um, that opened my mind to the fact that nature's all around us. We just have to pay attention. So last week I was getting um, some things ready on the porch. It was a nice day here. And I was making some little Valentine things for the children I'm going to read to next next week. And I'm putting in little envelopes and little coloring pages and what have you. And I'm sitting on the porch on a, on a table in a chair. And what drops right down on the middle of the table was a leaf. Now, there are no leaves on my tree. This is, this is January. That's true. So where, did that, where did that leaf come from? So well, it was just telling me that I was doing another good thing for those little children. Sure. And so you can see all that stuff if you just stopped and said, wow, someone's trying to tell me hi. Yep. And, and if, you be, if you be silly about it, fine. If you be serious, but acknowledge it. Acknowledge it because you're going to be a better person. And if you can tell some of your customers, you know, look at something in a different point of view or a different way, then then you'll you'll be happier for it. That's what I think, and that's my two cents worth. My two cents worth. Your that two could cents. Be a new book. There you go. That your two be- pennies. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what do you think that people should look for? How can someone tell the difference between a message and a coincidence? Okay. I think when the person thinks about their loved one going to heaven and they start to get sad and they start to be, feel sorry for themselves, tell them to think of a wonderful time that two of them had together. Maybe it was their first ice cream cone together, or maybe it was a movie they saw or whatever. Take away the negative thought of the spouse that's in heaven and place it with a positive thing that they had. Just like every time I see a bee, I think of Richie calling me a bumblebee. Sure. So that brings, instead of being, oh, there's a bee here, I just see, hey, bee, what's new with you? Um, You just change your frame of mind because all of us can have sorrow we can i could be sorrowful for for 11 years if i wanted to dwell on my husband's passing but i'm trying to make it a positive thing so i can go on for uh maybe five more years i've got a lot of things wrong with me but i refuse to um roll over and lay down and 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 deal with them i just say i'm going to be fine and if I'm not fine, that's okay, too. I'm ready to go. I can't wait to see everybody up there. You know who I want to see the most is my sister. Yeah. And here's one last Here's one last thing I just want to share. Okay. My mother, uh, my, my, my grandparents lived with us for a while, and my sister was always put away. She would come home on holidays and everything. So one time my nana, that was my mother's mother, I was a teenager by then and smarter than all get out, I guess. So my grandma said, Nance, how come your mother can't love Connie like we do? And I said, because she's embarrassed. It's not the thing to have a special child. And I keep telling her, because we lived in Connecticut, that the de Gaulle had one in, in France. The Kennedys have one in, in um, Massachusetts. And I said, it's okay to have a special child. And... Um, she just never would accept it. So I think, and this is just my two cents worth, that mommy had to go. She's never come through to me, ever, ever. Daddy has, mm-hmm. but she hasn't. And I think mother had to go back and come, come back to earth as a special child. Oh, maybe. She never, she never accepted Connie. She wouldn't dress her in Connie's clothes. When I first started my, my first job, I got Connie a whole new wardrobe because she's wearing mommy's old peck and peck suits and her, you know, sloppy skirts. And this was a child who was just cute as a button. And, and she should have been treated as such. Yeah. And um, so so that's that's what why my whole thing was that, you know, Connie was head worth. So I yeah. tried to find the worth in everybody, and and if I if I didn't find the worth in it, then I was, I, I I was just trying to be like everyone else, which 
I found out early in my high school years that I was everybody's friend. I was never really a girlfriend. I was everybody's friend. So when the first person asked me to marry him, I, you know, really fell down and didn't know what to do. But obviously I didn't do the right thing. But the point was I've always been Pollyanna, and I am going to stay Pollyanna because I I can go to bed at night and say my my prayers and dows for the next day or whatever because spirit is there. Spirit's yeah. there for everyone. We just have to say, hi, God, how are you today? You having a good day? Or say whatever you want to, but be joyful. There's so many people. You, you go in a mall and you look at everyone and there's no one that's happy. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're wearing a $100 suit. You just mm-hmm. don't have to be. You're not happy inside. Do you follow me? I do. Yes. So, you know, it's funny because um, my mother and sisters call me Pollyanna, too. So, Did he really? <laughs> oh, yes. That's been my nickname since I was a kid is Pollyanna. Yes. <laughs> so, and then I saw and the know, movie and thought, yeah, okay, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, it, back then, because, you know, I got married when I, well, it was 1980. I was, you know, I had been married. I was in my 40s, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, you just think, well, that's what everyone does. They just go off and get married and have children live happily ever after. And, and so I said, well, I'll just, I went two co- years to college and then worked and lived in Boston in my own apartment. And, you know, I was doing the same thing, but then it wasn't the joy that, that I felt later on. And I'm so glad that, you know, I stumbled onto it or however I first, the, that first reading that Richie yeah. took me to, he was a concert pianist in, in Springfield, Mass., a lovely gentleman, big fancy um, piano in his in his reading room and that's the man that told me all those secret things and I said how do you know that he's because you're tuned in to God I can pick it up it's like a radio station yep (laughs) so Nancy we're almost to the end of our time together Um, it's gone really fast but before we go we always like to ask our guests to tell us one thing that they do every day to practice intentional um, living. So what do you do every day or often, um, that's intentional? Um, I have a little prayer book. It's not a prayer book. It's just, a, um, messages for women. And I turn a page every day to see what they want me to do as a woman. And then I say my everyday prayers, you know, our father, and I write it. I have a notebook by my bed, a notebook by the phone, and one in the car. And in the notebook by the bed, I say what I intend to do today. Um, and is this in my highest and best interest? In other words, instead of physically dowsing, mm-hmm. I write myself a message what do I intend to do today? And then I may have nothing underneath it, but then as the day comes along, I, I write things that I should be doing that will make me a better person. And so far, it's working. Mm-hmm. You're never too old to stop That's growing so. and learning, are you? No, I'm never too. And having being alone, hold on a sec. Sure. I have to share with you what makes me happy. Okay. I watch wrestling every, every day of the week. Really? And when I first... When I first moved down here, they said, you can't come to South North Carolina watch wrestling. I said, I certainly can. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My grandmother and I watched wrestling when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. She said, this for him, I said, Nancy, you're in North Carolina. You have to watch wrestling. So I wrestling. said, okay, I'll watch. <laughs> I'll watch wrestling. So when we first got here. We went to a restaurant, and there was biscuits and gravy, and, oh, we thought that was great. So the waitress came over and said, would you like to try some grits? So my husband said, yeah, I'll try one. So <laughs> after, after that, we had he had more than one grit, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I try in this notebook beside the bed, like when the phone rang that time at 6.07, I wrote down, what, what does it mean? And then I didn't have anything to put next to it, so about four hours later, the message came, you you forgot your sister. So just keep a notebook beside you and start something in the morning, what I intend to do today. And then hopefully you'll be able to fill a book or some days you don't feel like doing anything. 
And that's, that's okay perfectly fine too. Nancy, you are an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, the books oh, are Pennies from Heaven and More Pennies from Heaven. And, yeah, and what's, what's the one about your sister called again? I'm sorry. Okay, and this is where they can get them uh, okay. postage free, my price, LNR Publications. Okay. And that's at P.O. Box 1492. Mm-hmm. Marion, M A R I O N, North Carolina, 28752. Because if you try to get them from Guidepost Inspiring Voices, they'll charge you too much. But this, this uh, P.O. box, you'll get my price. So that's better. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for coming on with us. And also just thank you for your relentlessly positive attitude. I dig it. Well, I'm so (laughs) proud that someone of your caliber and all the books that you've written and to have me even sneak in there is just, I mean, I'm so flattered that, that you even considered me as a, as a, as a talk show person, because you have done so much in so many different ways. And I think Maybe you'll sell lots more dowsers, crystals, and stuff because it really works. That's oh, what I really yeah. wanted to get across. Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter what stone it is or anything, as long as the person feels the energy. That's the whole difference in, I in, agree. in a day. Yeah, I okay. agree. Thank well, you so much. You've made my night, even if I did start it. Seven, four in the morning. I mean, <laughs> one o'clock. Is, whatever time that was. Yes. Well, <laughs> we we worked it all out. We got here. It's been absolutely delightful to talk to you. Um, if you come out with another book, you let me know. I would be. Yeah. I would love to to take a look at yeah. your next book as well. Oh, thank you so much. I am honored to be part of this this whole group because um, it was now getting to be the thing to do. And it was for years, you know, we looked at, they looked at me cross-eyed. So now I can look back at them and smile. And that's, that's a big right. thing. That's so, right. Be who you are. Thank you, my dear. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There goes Nancy. And she is an absolute delight. Um so that was I want to be I I want to be like Nancy when I grow up. I want to be like Nancy when I grow up too. Oh, I know. Very positive outlook on life, which is something that I work for every day and some days I fail. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Yeah, anyway. So this is it. We have come to the end of yet another episode of Intention is Everything. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Do check out Nancy's books. They're quick reads, um, and they're they're about $4 a book. I mean, and it's a really quick read, but it's just, if you like listening to Nancy, her books are pretty much the way she talks, so you'll like her books as well. Um, anything else, Cheryl? Um, that's it. I, I, I need to go process this conversation. <laughs> Are you going to start looking for pennies? You know what? I might, I might, I'm definitely going to pay more attention to my surroundings at yeah, this point. Yeah. So I have, sure. I have two things to tell you about that. So I told you my story at the beginning because it's always about me as yes. we know. Yeah. Yes. That's, why um, not? Um, but also when my grandfather died and my grandfather's probably been gone since about 2003, I would imagine mm-hmm. or so. Um, so when my grandfather passed, I started finding pennies all over the house. And, um, you know, at the time I kind of thought it was a coincidence, uh, but clearly I've changed my mind. And mm-hmm. then just the other day, and so you will understand this. Um, and some of the listeners who've been with us for a while will understand this or people who've read, uh, Avalanche of Spirits. So I have a photograph that, um, my friend Shane Bodiford took up at Wellington. That's, um, that's like this spirit um Mm -hmm. you've seen it It, it's in my book and I keep it in my entryway and I was thinking about Wellington the other day because I start to think about it about this time of year um because the anniversary is on March 1st Mm -hmm. and um so I was thinking about Wellington as I was walking through my house and I looked down at that picture and there was a white feather sitting next to the picture there's the feather thing again. Right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, Holy look, moly. Okay. Look around, folks. You never yeah. know. 
you yeah. never know. All right. So with that, um, we will be back in two more weeks with somebody else equally delightful, I'm sure, or probably not quite as delightful, but still <laughs> somebody lovely. <laughs> because I swear Nancy might be the most delightful person I've ever spoken with. <laughs> Anyway, um, so thank you for listening. We'll be back in two more weeks. Uh, and again, it'll be a big surprise because it's always a surprise to us too. I mean, we know when we start the call who it is. <laughs> but really not much more than that. Going with the flow, Karen. Going with the flow. Well, you know, I mean, the universe might send me a message of somebody to have like Nancy. Yep. Nancy yep, just exactly. kind of dropped on us like a penny from heaven. Oh my gosh, seriously. Right? Yeah, it's exactly how it happened. Exactly. All right. So thank you everybody for listening and uh, check out Nancy's books, Pennies from Heaven and uh, More Pennies from Heaven. Nancy, it's try saying Nancy Northrup five times fast. Do it. No. <laughs> Nancy Northrup Slusinski. Uh, thank Yay. you everybody. And we'll be back in two more weeks. Until then. Have a great day and remember to live your life with intention. Good night. Good night.